0: We're going to read from God's Word. If uh, you can grab your second service sheet or um, if you have a Bible, that's uh, great as well. So we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through to 30. This is God's Word. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phinecia and Cyprus and Antioch, Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch and one of them named Agabus stood up up and foretold by the spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. This is the Lord's Word. Uh, I was speaking to Derek last week after the service, and Derek said to me
1: um, after, after my message, oh, that, that sounded like a really great, well, I don't know if you used the word great, but that sounded like a real vision, a vision talk, you know, laying out the vision of the church and all that, and it's exciting, and I said, yes, I guess it was. Uh, but I feel like every message in this series so far has been a vision talk. It's like a vision series, really. And um, and, and this week is no different. And so I, I, I encourage you and urge you, if you haven't been with us for very long, to go online and have a little listen to some of the previous messages just so you can figure out where we're at and uh, the kind of th- things that we are that make us tick and where we're heading as a church. You get a good idea of the sort of thing that, that, that you're. Uh, you're you're experiencing just now anyway today we're going to be looking at this passage that James just read to us Um, we are we we say we're a gospel-centered spirit-empowered community on mission and today for this particular passage we're going to be focusing on this word mission we're a community on mission and what exactly that that looks like and according to this scripture we just read a healthy church a a, a healthy gospel-centered spirit-empowered community on mission is one that plants churches and strengthens churches that's what a healthy Church on Mission does. And, and uh, this is a, a, um, a message that is just so practical, and it's really encouraging. And it's awesome because I think that we're, we're doing this already. It's already happening. So it's not like one of those Bible passages that you read and you think, wow, that's, that's going to be me in the future, or I pray that's me, or that's not me. But you know, it's like so far away. This is one of those ones that I read and I think, yes, Lord, this is happening now. This is, we're experiencing this. And that's awesome. Um, and, and, and yet we're going to see this more and more as we go forward as a church, so have that in mind. Um, a community, community on mission, which is what we are, we're becoming, we're being formed by the Spirit, a community on mission, uh, we plant churches and we strengthen churches, that's what we do. That's the two points that I'm going to make in this message today, we plant churches and we strengthen churches. First of all, as a community on mission, we plant churches um, where does that come from? Well we've just uh, had this sort of case study of this church that was started in this city called Antioch which is in modern day Turkey. Uh, Antioch the city it doesn't really exist anymore It sort of moved to um, there's, there's a sort of modern city near it. The, the, the old city of Antioch in Turkey is about 60 miles north of the current Turkish Syria border so it's an area that's quite Uh, challenging at the moment, you know, of all these uh, Syrian refugees and all that leaving and trying to enter into Turkey. But that's where Antioch was. It was a new church. We've just literally seen it being planted in this text right now. Um, And hopefully as we go through, we will see uh, the team that God is putting together in this awesome church plant in this city of Antioch. And it is really an incredible team. And it excites me because God is doing that for us today. He's building an awesome team. Uh, Verse 19, at the start of our text, it tells us that there were a bunch of people who who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen. Way back in Acts chapter 7, Stephen was one of the early leaders of the church. Um, He was a guy who was filled with the spirit, filled with wisdom. Uh, He spoke very passionately and effectively about Jesus. The The Jewish leaders, some of them didn't like that. They killed him. And he was the first martyr. He was the first person who died for the Christian faith. Um, and at that time, it said back in uh, the beginning of chapter eight, boom! There was this massive explosion. A lot of the the believers in, who were in Jerusalem fled for their lives. They fled. They got away to to safer parts of the world, I guess. So off they went. And uh, we're, we're picking that up now. You know, those who were scattered went as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to no one except Jews. But but when we get to this uh, little the city called Antioch here in verse uh, sort of twenty, really. Um, we just see the kind of team that God is putting together in this awesome church plant. So uh, in verse 20, read with me, it says, uh, there were some of them, some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also preaching the Lord Jesus. Seems to be that, that uh, the technique or the pattern was that most people uh, who were believers in Jesus in the early days anyway went to, to Jews because it was, like a, it was a Jewish movement. That's, Jesus was a Jew. Uh, It started, you know, with Jews coming to see Jesus as the Messiah. So it made good sense to speak to fellow Jews when you got to a new city about Jesus. But there was some in verse 20, um, unnamed, doesn't tell you who they are, men of Cyprus and Cyrene who spoke to Hellenists, that means Greeks, you know, non-Jewish people, preaching the Lord Jesus. And it says a great number turned to the Lord. I love this. I love the fact that these group of people, We don't know what their names were. They played a hugely significant part in the story of planting this church. And yet the thing I love about this is we don't know their names. You know, they got on and did the job, but they're they're kind of insignificant in one sense. They didn't want any glory for themselves. It doesn't say, you know, um, uh, Anthony, son of so-and-so from Cyprus. We don't know their names. They were obviously uh, humble. Uh, They got on with the job. They preached Christ. These were men and and possibly women as well, you know, a a team, we don't know, who were bold, who were fearless, who were ballsy, who just said, you know what, why not? Why don't we go and speak to these non Jewish people about Jesus? The the Jews are being covered already. We, you know, our our friends are already speaking to them. Why not go to this other group? What have we got to lose? You know, if this gospel is true, if Jesus really did rise from the grave and he really is alive and he really is coming back again and that changes everything, if that is true, then why not? What have we got to lose? Let's, let's do this. Let's share with the Greeks. And so they did. And it says that the, the Greek people in, in Antioch, which would have been the majority, um, just heard the word and a great number turned to the Lord. Love that. And yet we don't know these guys' names. So God is putting together this church plant with this team of unnamed, humble, bold and fearless evangelists who preach the good news, number one. But look, there's another uh, element to the team that God is putting together in verses 22 to 25. The report of this amazing uh, ministry came to the ears of the, the church, you know, like the central head church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Barnabas, we're told, is a good man. He was a good man. In fact, his name, it's a nickname, Barnabas is a nickname, it means son of encouragement. He was so encouraging that his name was encouragement. Here comes the encourager, here comes the son of encouragement. Here he is. He was full of the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 24, and he was full of faith. You can just imagine what someone like that might have been like when they walk into the room. Full of the Spirit, just renowned for being filled with the Spirit and full of faith. All believers have faith. We know that. That's how you be a believer, right? You have faith in Jesus and that's a gift itself. But it seems to be that some people are endowed or equipped with a certain or a special level or a, a remarkable level of faith. as a gift of the Holy Spirit, a deep confidence or supreme understanding that God is at work in a certain way, the gift of faith. And that is awesome to have in a church plant. Someone who has the gift of faith fires up the rest of the church. And so the encourager, Barnabas, there he was, a good man. It says they exhorted... Uh, which has encouraged them all, the church, the early church, to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. The original Greek, steadfast purpose, is with undivided heart. Go after Jesus. Come on. It says when he went to that church from Jerusalem and he saw the grace of God, he exhorted or encouraged them, go after Jesus. Push forward. Keep clinging on to him. Christ alone, cornerstone, come on. And there he did his ministry among that church. And it says that there were, uh, in in, verse 24, a great many people were added to the Lord. Unnamed evangelists, people added to the Lord. Encourager, full of faith, people added to the Lord. Awesome team being built. The third type of person that comes in then to the mix is in verse 25 and 26. The teacher, the theologian, man called Saul, uh, verse 25 tells us that Barnabas, so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. This is the famous Saul slash Paul. He had two names, the apostle Paul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. Barnabas pulled in Saul. He, he knew him already. Uh, we see that at the end of uh, verse, uh, chapter nine. Uh, Saul had this, this great conversion. Don't forget, he used to hate the church, used to hate Christians. He wanted to kill them. Jesus met him on the road changed his life forever, and Saul put his energies and his love and his hope into Jesus Christ. And, and, and uh, rather than want to kill Christians, he wanted to uh, make as many as he possibly could. He wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. Paul was a great, or Saul was a great teacher. He was a great theologian, a very learned man. And Barnabas just thought, well, wow, there's too much going on in this church for me. I can't handle this on my own. There's too many teaching requirements and opportunities I'm going to get that guy, Saul. Come on, Saul. Come and join this team. We need your gifting in this church. We need your your teaching in the mix. You need to come and help me build up this this young body of believers. And so down came Saul as well, this awesome teacher. And he said they met with the church, Barnabas and Saul together. Great team. Met with the church and taught a great many. Awesome. And fourth type of person that God was bringing into the mix again verse 27 now in those days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch again a group of people we don't know them their names or or anything like that we do know of one uh, in verse 28 we'll think of that in a minute Um, but these this group of people came from Jerusalem to Antioch from head church again to bless this new church plant in Antioch Uh, what is what is the What what, what are they? Who are the prophets? Well, uh, we'll think of this in a few moments' time, but they are people who can mediate direct words from God to the church to encourage the church, to build up the church, to strengthen the church. And they, along with the teacher, theologian, along with the encourager, faith-filled Barnabas, and the unnamed evangelists formed this amazing church plant, this, this great mixture of powerful gifts, this exciting and growing church and it tells us time and time again great fruit came as a result of what god was doing in this church great number great many added great many taught it. great 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 awesome but the thing we have to bear in mind with all, all these amazing people with these fantastic gifts we have to bear in mind that we keep coming back we are gospel centered and so were they all this all this movement all this fruit was of the Lord. It was of the Lord. It was of the Lord Jesus. Astounding, gifted people. But personalities aside, it was all of the Lord. Jesus is at work through his spirit in his church. He is building the church. It is him that ultimately plants churches, not us, not me, not you. Jesus is in charge of all of this. How do I, how do I get that? Well, look in verse 20. What did these unnamed evangelists do when they got to the, the Greeks, the Hellenists? It said they preached the Lord Jesus that is that is a a byword a term for saying they preached the gospel they preached all about Jesus they preached Jesus who's the message and the message was not you can improve yourself by by trying really hard and doing really well and, and just turning over a new leaf and reading a few extra books and just give yourself a good talking to that was not the message they preached The message was not you can live your best life now that God wants to to richly bless you and make you financially stable and take away all your illnesses. That was not the message they preached either. The message was this, something like this. You are a sinner. You have offended God by the way you've lived your life. We all have. That means that we are enemies with God. He hates sin and we're enemies towards him. But because of God's great love for us, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross in your place. And when you believe in Jesus, not only are your sins forgiven, not only are you taken from being a sinner to being a saint, but you get the life, the very resurrection life of Jesus given to you by the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel. That's the message that they led with. That's why we're gospel-centered. Jesus is the message. Jesus, number two, is the power. We see that in verse 21. It says the hand of the Lord. and the power of the Lord was on them. That's where the fruit came from. Not manipulation, not, not clever tricks, supernatural power. It was the Lord's power on them. All this is of the Lord. A great number turned in verse 21, a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Not only was Jesus the message, not only was he the power, he was the object of their affections. They turned to the Lord. They gave their hearts to him. They believed the message in their minds, but their hearts were melted by Jesus and became his. That's why they went to such great lengths as they did. He's the message, he's the power, he's the object of their heart's affections. And fourthly and finally, Jesus uh, is the sustainer. You know, we see that. What does Barnabas say? Remain faithful to the Lord with all your hearts. Why is that? Because he's got you. The Lord has got you. He is powerful. He will take you through. He grows his body. He grows you. He's the only one who's dependable. Christ alone, Cornerstone. He's the only one who can love you. He's the only one who will love you for all eternity. He is your sustainer. And that is why it is all of the Lord. As many, as much as this is amazing to have all these gifted people, it is all of the Lord. It's God who creates the church, God who empowers it, uh, God who sustains it. And that is why we today plant churches. Because it's all of the Lord. If it was on me, if it is on you and us, then it would just simply collapse. All this would collapse under the weight and expectation. That's why there's so much burnout and stress and depression among church people most often, because we forget this very simple truth. Jesus said, I will build my church. I'll do it. Not you. I'll build my church. It's all of the Lord. That's why we planted this church. And this is the cool thing. Like Antioch, like in Antioch, as we see in chapter 11 here, God is assembling a team here at Foundation Church. He's a, he, he is establishing, he is in the, 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 the motion of establishing here at Foundation Church a powerful, flourishing church on the Hollywood Road. And, and like these unnamed evangelists, many of you have, have boldly stepped out of comfortable church and predictable church. Nothing wrong with those things. But you stepped out of that and you've boldly come to Foundation Church and you have said yes this is me I'm on board I'm with you we are a community on mission let's do this like Antioch that's awesome but like Antioch as a gospel centered spirit empowered community on mission planting and multiplication is part of our DNA that's what we see all through the book of Acts right We see churches being planted and multiplying and serving and encouraging others. And all we're saying today in Foundation Church, as every generation of the church has done, we are saying, Lord, you've started something in the book of Acts. It hasn't finished and we're praying and hoping, Lord, do it again. Do Acts again in our day on the Hollywood Road. Make us a church as powerful as Antioch. Do it again, Lord. And so we are building and establishing here at Foundation Church on the Hollywood Road in this school. We're building a church here. But we also have, even now, even now, at this early stage, an eye on future multiplication. One day we shall send out our best people to carry the gospel word to other places that currently we cannot reach, to those who do not yet have Christ. And so we will do that in one of two ways. By planting churches in the future in fresh areas where there is no vital, life-giving, gospel-centered, spirit-empowered churches. We're going to plant churches. And we're going to replant or revitalize dead or dying churches to restore the glory of God that has been robbed or diminished as churches have dwindled and doors have shut. We're going to do both of those things because we are a church that plants churches. How do we do that? As I said in in our mission, uh, vision, was it missional vision prayers? That's it. Missional vision prayers. We're always going to be a church that is raising up, training, preparing you and one another, not so that you just come here and get well taught and well instructed and go home and that makes no difference. You're coming here to get trained and taught. We're going to partner with you so that you will go out with the good news of Jesus. You might go out as a church plant one day, you might stay here and help raise up other leaders or other members one day, but all of us together are a community on mission. That means we are a community on mission. Whether you are a new believer coming into the church, whether you are a seasoned believer, part of the church already, that's where we're heading. And it's important that you know that's where we're heading. We want you to feel comfortable here. We want you to feel part of what's going on. We want this to be your church. But we don't want to be known as that big, fat, bloated, obese, comfortable, affluent, middle class, rich church that does nothing with its resources. That's not going to be us if I have anything to do with it. We're going to be a church that plants churches for the glory of God. And if that costs us money, then why not? It will cost us money, by the way. If it's going to cost us time, then we say, that's fine. It belongs to the Lord anyway. We would love to have you on board. We'd love every single person to bring friends to come on board and join this mission. But you've got to know, that's what we're about. Let's push back the darkness together with the light of Christ. It's bigger than any one of us. It's certainly bigger than me. Can't do it on my own. No one of us can. But together, as we see, God is building a team to push back the darkness. Claim land for Christ. That's what we're here for. Community on mission, first of all, we plant churches. Second, as a community on mission, we strengthen churches. What is the difference, I hear you say? A healthy church is not only an ascending church, but it's also a strengthening church. Antioch, this church, is already strengthening other churches, and it's only a year or two old at most. Strengthening is already happening. Uh, before antioch is even strengthening other churches antioch itself is being strengthened uh, did you notice that a few times from jerusalem the head church right the early the first church in jerusalem verse 22 verse 27 teachers are being brought down from jerusalem to antioch prophets are being sent down from jerusalem to antioch the church of jerusalem is strengthening the church of antioch And we see one specific prophet, a man by the name of Agabus, says there, he stood up at some point during this early phase of the church and foretold as the prophet by the spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. And so the disciples, it says, determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea, the region around Jerusalem, that is. Hardship and famine was coming. This is a prophecy that Agabus received and he brought it to the church. And we presume that the church not only listened to what Agabus said, his message, but they took it seriously, as we can see. They weighed it up. They considered it. And they said, yes, this message is of God. And we're going to listen to this and we're going to obey it. We're going to get behind it. This is God guiding us. And so it says they acted in response and they gave generously when they realized that God was instructing him at that stage of their church's life to go and give to strengthen other churches. Through prophecy, and as one of many things, God strengthens churches. Let me just uh, take a few moments to explain what that means. If you're new um, to this church or maybe uh, from other church traditions, uh, the word prophecy or prophet maybe means different things uh, to you. You've experienced different things. Prophecy, as we can see, um, let me explain it in the New Testament, seems to fulfill a number of different functions within the church. But ultimately, prophecy is mediation of direct words or messages from God to his people. That's what prophecy is in general, okay? Direct words and messages from God to his people. The Apostle Paul, who was part of this early church plant in Antioch, otherwise known as Saul, wrote this in a letter to Corinth. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, he said, Prophecy in the local church is to be used for this, for upbuilding, encouragement and consolation. That's the effect that it has when prophecy is done well. Everybody is built up and encouraged and comforted by God's word. And he goes on to say in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 14, so that the church may be built up. That's the point of prophecy, strengthening, building the church. And it's a wonderful gift. Unfortunately, um, it's misunderstood in some quarters with the church, in the church. And so it's rejected completely, That weird stuff sometimes it's abused by other quarters in the church and so it becomes an obsession for some churches but Paul will have none of it this great theologian teacher individual Saul or Paul he he writes in another letter he says to the church do not quench the spirit do not despise prophecies but test everything hold fast to what is good So what he's saying is if someone brings a prophetic word to a church or to a meeting or something like that, don't just reject it out of hand as weird, freaky behaviour. It could be God's gift to the church. Listen to it. But he says, don't just swallow it without thinking. Don't take it uncritically. Don't just act without thinking. He says, test everything. Paul advises when a prophetic word is brought, to listen to it, to test it, to consider it, to weigh it up, to, to measure it uh, against or, or, or according to God's infallible word in Scripture. Does it weigh up? Is it good? Is it healthy? Is it right? If it is, then listen. Allow it to build you up, strengthen you. And so that's what's going on in these few verses here in Antioch, this amazing church plant that seems to be taking off. And so anyway, aside from that, the church here of the need they meet the need, and they send this relief in the form of financial assistance to the brothers in Judea. I love that. Brothers. They were, they were mostly Jews in Judea. Um, but the mostly Gentiles in Antioch, and yet they're brothers. We are the same. I love that. Anyway, they send relief to them in response to this prophecy. And so we can see that the Antioch church right now in this early stage of their development is strengthening other churches. They're only maybe months or years old at the most. They're already strengthening other churches. Later on we see in chapter 13, we'll cover this in a few weeks, Barnabas and Saul are sent out from Antioch. Antioch becomes the home base for Barnabas and Saul's missionary activity that quite literally changed the Roman Empire within a few years. Based in Antioch. And Antioch, even after the apostles were dead and gone, Antioch grew to become a major centre in Christian uh, Christianity, a, a centre of training, a centre of learning, a centre of mission for over a thousand years. All because of this passage here. This is where it started. Antioch was the kind of church that sees and hears and responds with faith-filled obedience, that put faith before fear, that humbly expected the power and the provision of God to shine through. And isn't that what we want at Foundation Church? To be the church that sees and hears God, responds with faith fueled obedience, puts faith before fear, and humbly expects his power and provision to shine through. That's what I want. More than anything. And so as a church, we strengthen churches. With the time we have left, I just want to show you And this is the cool thing, how this is already working for us. How this is already starting to happen at Foundation Church. We are being strengthened, we are strengthening, and we shall be strengthened. First of all, we are being strengthened. Let me show you, just for your encouragement, how we are already, as a church, you know these things already, some of you, how we are already being strengthened. We are already being strengthened by... Other churches within the advanced movement of churches. A group of like-minded churches across the UK, North America, Africa and Asia. Who prioritise Jesus. And we're, we're looking and, and seriously hoping to join later on in the year as a church. The advanced movement. You heard from Jacob a few weeks ago, we were at a conference. Um, We are already being, as a church, strengthened by the advanced movement. In fact, Derek was there as well. Um, We are already being encouraged. We're already being given prophetic words. We're already attending conferences and teaching and worship. We are already feeling like we are part of a family of churches. I certainly am anyway. We have, through advanced movement, leaders who have been willing to travel over here to Northern Ireland to serve us, to strengthen us. You've already met Howard and Naomi. You've already met Pete. guys who are going to come over and girls to strengthen and support. Churches have already donated money for our relaunch into our new building. We have guys li- literally lining up to help and serve us uh, and assist us as we move forward as a church. And how awesome is that? That is the church being strengthened. That's us being strengthened. Here's another way we're being strengthened. A few weeks ago, we had the guys from Sunrise with us from Florida. Sunrise are a church in Florida. Uh, In America, and we have partnered with them. We're just building relationships with them. Uh, Like minded churches, again, they're just building us up. They're encouraging us. They're equipping us. They're praying for us. They want to assist us financially. They want to get behind the ministry here at Foundation Church. That's awesome. We're being strengthened. We're having teachers come in and join us from other churches. In a few weeks' time, we're having Phil Allen from Thriving Life Church. We're having Johnny Carson from the Way Church, Ballyclare. We're just being strengthened and blessed by other churches. We're meeting, uh, I'm meeting with the guys from the Way Church in Ballyclare to encourage and pray and plot together for the sake of the gospel in Northern Ireland. We're being strengthened. It's already happening. Awesome. But one thing I realized during my prep this week is that strengthened churches strengthen churches. And because we're being so blessed and encouraged and built up by others strengthening us, it motivates us even more to go and do likewise to other churches. And so we are strengthening already, and soon to be doing, uh, strengthening other churches. How have we been doing this already? Even though we're only two years old, we've already been assisting small churches with what we have in terms of resources and gifts. We've already gone out and and, and, uh, helped serve by teaching and providing teaching cover in other small churches in our city. We don't have a lot of resources. We don't have a lot of people, as you can see right now. But what we do have, we're gonna use already. We're not going to wait till we're some big, fat mega church with, with a, a seven-figure budget in our, in our bank account. We're going to start strengthening churches now with what we have. And we have already some amazing talent, some great gifts. We have some resources that we can give away. And so we've been helping small churches in our city um, by teaching. Uh, and going forward, we can help other churches uh, with other gifts and other serving opportunities, just not waiting around uh, to be asked. We're going to strengthen other churches by contributing financially to the advanced church movement, War Chest. To see other churches being assisted and planted across the globe, we just get to sow in a small amount of our resources into that, it'd be awesome. We're already strengthening because I'm already, uh, by God's grace, encouraging other local church pastors, meeting with them, doing coffee from time to time. And I'm always encouraging uh, my fellow pastors to go further and harder and deeper into Christ and the gospel. And that's just a joy and something that I can contribute doesn't cost me much at all, but I can do it. I can build up other pastors to go and serve Christ even better and even further. So we're being strengthened. We're already strengthening right now, which is cool. It's awesome. But we shall strengthen in the future. And this is me coming into land right now. We shall strengthen in the future as we grow as a church, and we will grow, as we increase in our resources, and they will increase. We will get to do more strengthening. We'll become more powerful in our strengthening ability. Because I realize... What it is like just now, uh, as a church planter, week to week, just living almost hand to mouth, week to week, every Sunday rolls around. I realize the impact of servant-hearted churches and and people who are willing to come and help us, to strengthen us. And so I know that with every resource that we have, I I want to be able to do that with bells on for as many churches as we possibly can so that we not only can strengthen uh, with great power and effect but we will become famous to the glory of God we'll become famous for the church that is giving away its resources all the time so that other churches might be strengthened here in the city and and further afield so how are we going to do that first of all we're going to help other church plants in our city of Belfast in Northern Ireland to start and get established even church plants that have nothing to do with us or advance, or anything like that, who are Baptist, Presbyterian, Church of Ireland, non-denominational, whoever they are. If they are wanting to sow the good news of Jesus into the city, we want to get behind that, and so we're gonna do that uh, going forward as a church. We're gonna create, uh, or rather develop, I've already created it, but we're gonna develop a network for, for, for teachers and trainee teachers, leaders, gifted individuals, skilled individuals within our church to go out and equip and resource other churches so that we can bless them and strengthen them, either short-term, long-term, or or actually sending people out for good. Because we want to be really open-handed with the resources that God gives us, right? It's not ours, it's, it's his. How else are we going to strengthen in the future? We want to fan into flames people, especially with a passion for evangelism, who are like these unnamed evangelists who don't want to take any glory for themselves, but just want Jesus to get all the glory. And who want to go out into every part of the world and say, why not? Why can't I go and share the gospel and do ministry that points to Jesus? Why not? why not? And so people like that, young or old, male or female, adult or child, we want to fan that passion into flames and get behind that because those are the people right up front, verse 20, who kick-started this whole thing. We we'll get behind that. Equip, resource, Whatever. If if you are part of Foundation Church Belfast, being a part means being a part of this. We are gospel-centered, spirit-empowered, community on mission. And we get that because we read the book of Acts. And we can do no other. What other kind of church does the book of Acts allow us to become? What other kind of church should we want to become after reading the book of Acts? except a gospel-centered, spirit-empowered community on mission. And that's what we, by the grace of God, will become here and are becoming at Foundation Church. Next steps, and with this I close. What do you do? Where do you go with this? You sat here listening to me. Where do we go as a church? Well, let me encourage you to sign up, to commit to this church, to take your place. Here's a few bullet points I'm just going to throw out there. I don't have time to un- unwrap each one. But if you're not a member here... At Foundation Church Belfast, if this is not your spiritual home, if, if you're not a member and you just want to say, count me in, sign me up, st- put your flag in the ground and say, yes, I'm on board. I want this. I want to take my place in this community on mission. If you're not a member, then can I encourage you, come to me, talk to me. I'd love to talk you through the process of becoming a, a member here at Foundation Church. Count me in. Sign me up. If you're not a member, become a member. If you're not giving, start giving. Money, that is. If you're, not a, if you're not a member, become a member. If you're not giving, start giving because this stuff doesn't happen for free. We're called by God out of our love for Christ to give so into the local church, right? That's what tithes are all about. If you're not giving, start giving. And if you're already giving a bit, give even more as God wills and directs. That's how they did it for the brothers in Judea, each according to his ability. Some of you have got a higher ability to give than you are currently matching. And I'm talking to myself as much as anybody here it was maybe my ability a few years ago can my ability is it higher than my my giving right now we are a gospel-centered spirit-empowered community on mission and it is all about the Lord let's pray